Hello, podcast land. Welcome to the first official episode of Voice of the Parrot. I'm your host, Shasta Ray, and I am joined in the studio by none other than Zoltan, the podcast bird. And he's being very shy and just kind of looking at me like, yeah, I'm here, do your thing, whatever. This episode's about you, I guess. I'm just sitting here being an audience, but he's my guy. He's my little dude. He's the one that got it all started with podcasting with birds. And uh, he does have his own following. And he does say hello to Zimbabwe. Hi, Zimbabwe. Nose boops all around. (laughs) So this episode is going to be the first of my meet and greet series where I kind of get acquainted with all of you or you get acquainted with me, kind of know what I'm about, what my history is. And then I'll talk about each of my flock members and some of the, the vast amazing things that makes them unique and different from each other and why I love them so much and how they came into my life and all that good stuff. So it's going to be a few episodes of more like anecdotes and storytelling. If any of you out there listening loves what I'm doing and you would like to contribute, shoot me an email at voiceoftheparrot at gmail.com and let's hear from you. If you'd like me to read your story about your bird, there's anything that you'd like me to present, I'm here to deliver anecdotes, other people's stories, and if you have any questions or ideas for content, of course, hit me up there as well. And then just really quick, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the episodes. That's probably one of the easiest ways to listen to me. But also off of my YouTube channel, I've got links to my website, which is voiceoftheparrot.com. And all my other social media links are there. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course, YouTube. So I am trying to get into the mindset of using Instagram and TikTok a little bit more. Not really into the habit, but we'll get there. And um, yeah, hey, thanks for joining the fun. Here we are. So who? why am I sitting here? Who am I and why am I talking into a microphone? Well, the nice thing about me is that I'm not a bird expert. I do educate myself on a regular basis. I consider myself a professional consumer of bird products, (laughs) meaning I have done a lot of research and tested stuff, and I know what works and doesn't work, and I try to always learn something new all the time. And I'm always trying to learn something new about my birds all the time. There are better ways to, you know, like anything from interacting with them better, trying different things for them to eat, changing things up, getting them a new toy, new branches, perches, anything like that. And the one thing I've learned as an amateur kind of hobbyist podcaster is that there's a lot of good in listening to the experts. I'm not saying not to. Sometimes it can feel intimidating, especially if you're kind of a newbie, no matter what the topic is. Sometimes people present it and it's just not a good presentation, no matter what their level of expertise is. I'm going to try to make this fun. I like to have fun. I like to hang out. I like to hang with my birds. I like to keep it real. And then I just want to talk about stuff that works. Maybe we can all learn from our mistakes rather than continue to make new mistakes and Whatever helps you guys with a success plan for your birds or makes their lives better or is entertaining in some way, that's my goal. I want to keep them out of the shelters and rescues and off of Craigslist and off of like the uh, Facebook groups where people kind of wheel and deal birds and stuff. Sometimes it's necessary to rehome, 
But what's better is a success story right off the bat. So A, you don't have any surprises that necessitate it, you know, from just a mismatch or you got a bird and it's just not good for your life and uh, you didn't think it through or it was an impulse or something, right? There's always better ways to rehome. So sometimes things happen, sometimes life situations change and you have no other option. It has to happen. So in those cases, I want to encourage people all the time to go to your local bird shelter and surrender your bird there for the simple reason that they can do a health check on the bird typically, they can assess its personality, and they can assess the person it's going to go to to make sure it does go to an appropriate home where it's going to be happy and hopefully live out the rest of its life as a family member. Because I think that's really the ultimate goal with these birds that are bred in captivity. They don't know how to survive in the wild. So we have to be their flock. We have to be their family. And they're highly complex creatures with emotions and thought processes and personalities that are just exploding. In most cases, they are fun little animals to keep with us at all times. So I want to be kind of that voice for all birds, not just parrot species, but, you know, all birds that we keep and, you know, help the people that keep them with their success stories. Whether that's, hey, I found you the right cage that works better than what you were using, or I can refer you to some products that just kick butt, or I have some stories to tell you that entertain you and they spark ideas for you, or hopefully I'm going to have some experts on and bird savvy people on as the podcast develops and we'll just see where this goes but I'm really jazzed to be here and I talked a lot about releasing this podcast first of June a couple of things came up that gave me some setbacks I just was not anticipating so I'm trying not to beat myself up over it too much I just want to do a good job with this and move forward so for any of you out there that have seen some of my teasers and stuff on my YouTube channel I know that I have kind of stretched this out a little bit, but it was better than just slamming this presentation together. It's easier to have a success story if you plan ahead, just like our birds, right? Oh my gosh. So how do birds fit into my life? I've, I've mentioned that I'm not an expert, but I like talking into a microphone. So I'm 55 years old. I live with two dogs, six birds, and I'm a 50% owner in a small business locally. So I keep very busy. I am blessed where I can work from home and spend a lot of time with my birds. They have their own room. And my newest flock member, Murray, he's a baby cockatiel. Oh my gosh, he keeps me going. His story will come up uh, last because he's my most recent bird. So we'll start with my first bird on the next episode and work our way through the flock. And anyway, this time around, I've been keeping birds since early March 2022. So as I record this, not quite a year and a half and I am just completely hooked. They have won my heart. Oh my gosh. And I only intended on getting one, but I was going through some family photo albums and stuff like that, and I came across a picture that sparked a memory. My first word was inspired by a chicken, and apparently my parents needed to go away for a weekend getaway or something and left me in the care of my grandmother, and apparently she took me to some sort of a petting zoo type situation, place, thing. I'm not sure. I was less than a year old. I was old enough to stand up and that was about it. I could kind of toddle around. I was a toddler at that time. 
and there was this picture of me petting a rooster. And this trip to memory that my first word was never mommy or daddy. Mommy and daddy came back from their weekend trip wherever they went. And lo and behold, I had said my first word. And it was chicky because I was so impressed with pet chicken. And I loved it instantly. So I don't know, I guess I had a really good experience with the bird from early on. And then my other grandmother on my mom's side, she had parakeets, little budgies, but she only had one at a time. And I believe the one that she was very bonded with, his name was Corky. I actually have some pictures of myself and my grandmother with Corky. And you can see my grandmother holding on to my little arm because it's very obvious I was trying to reach up and touch the bird. I couldn't have been more than three years old in that picture. I remember we took care of him once when she went on a trip or something and he was in our home. I was a little bit older at that time, maybe five years old or so. And she was very, very, very bonded with that bird, but something happened. I think he lived to about seven years old. He died and she was heartbroken. So family members bought her another parakeet and she named him Chipper. I believe he got out of the house and got away from her. She was kind of having some memory problems and these birds would ride around on her shoulder or on her head and bond with her that way. And then she would forget because they just kind of became part of her. And I think the last one was Chipper and he flew off and got outside, but he had not bonded with her enough to be able to recall him. She had lost her first one, Corky, outside a couple of times and was able to recall him back in. She was kind of heartbroken by then and her memory problems were increasing. So that was the last bird she had. So those were my very early experiences with budgies. Oh, it looks like Zoli's going to start chattering along with me. And then because of those two birds, I really wanted a bird. I was so impressed by that. I begged my parents to get me a bird when I was eight years old. Oh my gosh, they let me have one. And I remember picking it out. I thought I was getting a boy. I ended up getting a female. And her name was Tweety. And we probably called that poor thing a boy its whole time that we had it. Anyway, that was back in the 70s, the mid-70s. And nobody had good knowledge on budgie care. He was in a cage that was probably about, I don't know, if it was 18 inches wide at the widest point, I'd be surprised. So it was one of those deals from back in the day. And I know that I would get her out, but she would sit on my finger and let me do that. And she'd kind of do the stair step thing. But she never bonded with me beyond that because... As a child, I just didn't know how to play with her, how to interact with her or anything. I was actually pretty good about checking her food and water every day and cleaning the cage regularly. But I remember a lot of times I would come home after school and let her out and she would just kind of hang out on top of her cage. And she got dry bird seed and lettuce and water. And that's about it. I, I remember I tried giving her apple a couple times, but she never tried it. So I just figured she didn't eat stuff like that. And it was back before anyone fed their birds a lot of chop. And um, I had a little pamphlet type book on budgie care, but there just wasn't good information back then. And it, it did say, you know, you can feed your bird a little bit of lettuce. So that's about all she got. And I look back and go, gosh, that was terrible. And my parents split up about that time. My mom and I got ready to move to another town. So that poor little bird, she got put on a newspaper ad and rehomed to a little boy took her with his family. He was really jazzed up. 
and they'd been looking for a nice little pet for him and were opening their arms to a bird wholeheartedly. And I think I got $20 for her back in the 70s. So I I always have felt bad as an adult going, wow, there just wasn't much knowledge back then. And even when I was a teen, I was out of high school. I got myself an English budgie. There was a local budgie breeder and I got another cage and a bird. And that little guy, I can't even remember what I named him, but I got accepted at a job in another town, got an apartment and the apartment would not allow me to bring any kind of pet in, not even a budgie. So I ended up rehoming that little guy to a to a coworker who was bird savvy and loved birds and had a couple other budgies, I think. So that one wasn't in my care very long. I had just got him and got rid of him probably about two months in, if if that. It was just kind of a rapid transition that age, and um, that's kind of the time of life that you start making rapid decisions. You know, I think I was 19. So anyway. That was my experience with birds. It was very, very, very limited, but I always loved them. They were always so cute. Oh my gosh. And I met a gal a while back that had cockatiels and was talking about it and what they meant to her and and why she loved them as pets so much. And so I was thinking about getting a cockatiel, but I had never really interacted with cockatiels before. So I was thinking about my grandmother's little bird, Corky, and how he had bonded with her. And I was like, gosh, I always wanted that with Tweety, but I was a little kid and my parents, they just never helped me. I don't know why. I guess they thought, well, teach the kid responsibility. She'll figure it out on her own, but they never really helped me bond with that bird and play with it and interact with it. And I think that they had a lot of problems at that point in time in their marriage that they were wrapped up in. And that little bird was more of a distraction for me. And they just they weren't as uh, their heads in the game at that kind of area of my life as they should have been. So anyway, I thought maybe it'd be kind of cool to have a second chance at that. So I thought about it for quite a while. I did a lot of research, tried to figure out, do I want a cockatiel? Do I want a budgie? Gosh, those budgies are so cute. And you don't have to pay a whole lot to get a good one, you know, that's all different colors or whatever. So I started really putting my heart into the research on that and found somebody on Craigslist who had a cage and toys and perches and stuff, brand new whole setup. And she and her daughter were going to get a bird. And for some reason at the last minute, they decided it wasn't going to work out. It was a huge commitment. Maybe it's better to sell everything. So like, hey, kudos to them for not taking on something that they were very realistic about. Because I look back at that little Tweety that I had that I rehomed and then that other one. And I still feel guilty about that as an adult. And it has been decades. So I, when I get an animal, I put my heart into my animals. And um, I got a great cage. So while I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to just take a, a minute for a shameless plug. I did set up with an Amazon affiliate link kind of uh, account. So it will help support this podcast. I don't get a lot for anything when I refer a link. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little sliver pennies on the dollar. And so in the blog, if you go to voiceoftheparrot.com, go to the blog. I'm going to put show notes for every episode there. If I have any kind of references, links, any of that, as I stated in the pre-episode, sometimes it's really hard when you're listening to a podcast off the app to find those 
show notes, the links and all that. Not every app displays the show notes as easily as others. Some are stellar, others just not so much. So if you go to the website, go to the blog, that's where you're always going to find the show notes for every episode. And I will put all of my affiliate marketing links in there. If you're listening off of YouTube, I'll put those in the description. And Zoltan's cage is pretty amazing. It is the right size for a cockatiel. Cockatiel, you could even put two cockatiels in there very, very easily. I have had up to three budgies in one cage, and there is plenty of space. They're not huge, but they are a nice little upright kind of, I guess you would call them a flight cage for a small bird. Nice big door on it, and then four little access doors. So I ended up finding this exact same cage after I got Zoltan's cage and I started expanding the flock. I got another one just like it, same brand, everything. Very, 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 very affordable, very well made, nice powder coat, wrought iron, I guess they call it. And it's got a nice sliding tray and a rack if you use the rack over a tray on the bottom so that, you know, all the waste and bird stuff can fall down in the bottom. Very simple to clean. So, and the nice big door on it makes it super, super easy to interact with your bird when you're taming it inside the cage or you need to reach in and get it or whatever. And it also makes it very easy just to get in and move things around when you want to change the perches around or clean or whatever you're doing. So check out the show notes here again. I do get a tiny little sliver, but if there's anyone listening to this out there and you're looking for a really good first beginner cage that you're not going to have to upgrade out of or anything anytime soon. These are wonderful. Plus, they go side by side right next to each other and look really nice. They're a nice looking cage too. So check that out. And yeah, the funny thing also was I had learned a few things about budgies. I was out there on YouTube and watching a bunch of YouTube videos and stuff, of course. And I come across the YouTube Elle and the Birds. Nice young woman. She started her YouTube channel when she was a younger teen. I'm not sure how old she is now. A lot of really cute videos, helpful videos, kind of her story. Wonderful. Well, she also sells bird toys and has her own little business going, which I just think is the coolest thing ever. And Zoltan's first cage had those toys. These people that I got his cage from had bought the L and the Birds toy bucket package, whatever she sells. And it had a really nice assortment of toys in there and some perches. It's like the small bird starter pack or something. And yeah, I still use a lot of that. And there's some of those toys they haven't even torn up yet. They just play with them and climb on them and stuff, but they haven't destroyed them. So yeah, I got this cage and it had a bunch of toys. They had a bunch of perches in there they bought and they hadn't even used yet. All brand new. And uh, got that set up and uh, just set my mind, okay, I'm going to start looking for birds. And I took about a week to pick Zoltan out. And I went to some local bird stores and None of them really just grabbed me. I mean, like sometimes you see birds in the store and it's like, well, they're cute, they're cute, they're cute. And then one will just stand out from the rest. It's like, I got to have that one. So I actually went to another town up north of me and went to a couple bird stores. And there was one that's an exotic bird store. And I think they raise their own budgies. I know they raise a lot of their own birds. And they had just put budgies out on the floor like that day. 
a new bunch of them. And they were just weaned. They were right at six weeks old. And then I saw the one that just stood out from the rest, and that was Zoltan. And I swear there was probably 40 budgies in that cage, and there was a cage next to it that probably had 40 more in it. They had a lot of budgies. There was a ton of them in there. So he was very different from all the rest. He's kind of one of those He's not unusual in the fact I see birds like him all the time online. He's kind of got some blue on him. He's a pied white on top. The blue is kind of around his butt and underside belly. And then his top side on the wings, are, he has black markings. And a few of the little barred lines around the face. And boy, he was so cute. He was eating seeds really good. And I saw him go over to the water and take a drink. And he was hopping around and looked healthy. So I told the people, I said, well, I'm going to be back. I have to go to the store. And I actually went to two more pet stores and looked at what birds they had. And just nothing was striking me as that. And I was like, I got to have that cute little one I saw. So I went and got him and... I think I paid, what did I pay for you? $35? I didn't pay much. <laughs> He's nodding his head, actually. And he was totally wild, and they stuck him in one of the little cardboard boxes, pet boxes, and brought him home, stuck him in his cage, and I had him by my desk, my homework area, and that's where he was. So he was with me all day, every day, for quite a few weeks before I put him in the living room and he had his own room. So we will pick up with Zoltan's story next time, but that's kind of my story with birds is, you know, a little bit of exposure to him at a very, very, very young age that left a lasting impression on me. Had my own, but I just didn't have the right guidance from my parents. They were just preoccupied with their own problems and stuff. And that little bird got a little bit of attention and probably the best care that I could do at that age. But yeah, she ended up getting rehomed. And I always just, I feel so bad that I never was able to be a better bird parent to her just by lack of knowledge, lack of age, lack of worldly experience, you know. And this little guy, Zoltan, has been the best, best, best thing for me. I swear, I didn't know what to expect, and I am telling you, once you get one, you're just going to want all of them. They just melt your heart. They are so cute. Now, they're little stinkers when they're not tame, I'll say that much, and we're going to cover all of that and more. Oh my gosh, we're going to talk about all of my ups and downs and what I've learned along the way and the questions I've had. And here we are. What's it been now, Zoltan? So I've had him just over a year and three months. So he's about a year and a half old now, and he is such the wonderful adult male bird, and he's just so cute, and he's calm. I have taken him to a vet for a wellness check, and their entire staff just loved him. They couldn't believe how tame he was, and he just hops around. He's just a cheerful little thing, and they couldn't believe it because I do have a service dog that is very used to the birds, and he's a slow-moving lovey guy and he's not a bird chaser or anything by any stretch of the imagination they're like oh my gosh that's a big dog I don't know if we should let you have him in the exam room I was like oh they're friends don't worry about it and he just laid on the floor and sat there and Zoltan was flapping around the <laughs> exam room and landing right next to Rex and everything so so yeah that's how that's how Zoli and I started out I went and got him from just a local pet store brought him home and did all the taming and everything myself and I am here to say the gaps that I feel like 
I can fill with this podcast? I don't know. It's hard to explain. Even at 55 years old and you think you have your head in the game, you've read enough articles, you've seen enough videos on YouTube, maybe you've been in a Facebook group and you've asked questions or you've just been lurking and reading questions and answers and stuff like that. Once you get that bird, you suddenly have all these questions and insecurities and the bird is not acting like the people's birds on the YouTube channel and even though you know that sometimes it takes time, you wonder, what are you doing wrong? It's not just adapting quickly or anything. So we're going to go over that and what to expect on taming birds and all that good stuff. Realistic expectations. Not every bird is going to be the same and not every bird is going to tame at the same rate. Now, Zoltan, as an example, he was a little stinker. It took me probably three or four months where I got him consistently stepping up when he was outside of his cage and not playing the chase game and not being a little pill. He did that on purpose. He just did it because he could. But then when I got another one of my flock members, my third budgie, Cricket, he was just like naturally tame the first day I brought him home. I was astounded. I could not believe it. And he was just a pet store bird also, radically different. And he's probably the sweetest little tamest bird. He's laid in my hand on his back several times. He's fearless and he gets right out of his cage in the morning. He always gives me a kiss and then he's on with his day. He'll run right up to me, give me kisses, all sorts of stuff. And uh, Zoltan, he was just a little heartbreaker. He, uh, he took months and he would still just kind of neener, neener, neener. And he was just a little stinker with everything. He was just a little funny guy. But he's just been sitting here. He likes to be a part of the podcast. And he likes to be part of the studio. He likes coming down here. I think it makes him feel special. And this is his space. So we will get started on his episode. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you find me on a podcast app, don't forget to subscribe there. And follow me on my social media. I will be dropping links on Facebook and Twitter every time a new episode comes out. So you will have a direct link that way if you are more inclined to Facebook or Twitter. And you can listen to the podcast on your mobile device from Facebook. Now, uh, it does not work on like a desktop, but it does work on a tablet or a cell phone or a mobile device. So anyway, until next time, have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>